Hello. <laughs> Hello. You, you, your voice just sounded like when uh, when you answer the phone, but it's like a pre-recorded message, and it says, "Hello." Hello. You have. Hello. You have been selected. Um. <clears throat> so What's up, bro? I just uh, I just finished finessing my kettles. <clears throat> no time. No time to. No time to shower from the from from the yard. Straight into the straight into the pod. Damn, he goes so hard. And and just to be clear, I I've seen you work with kettlebells, and you you are proficient. I wouldn't say you're finessing the bell though. Uh, I, I yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair to say. But you know, a man of my shape is not really finessing much, except for uh, you know the pen and the pad in the booth. Well, we know we know you have bars on Deckington, um, but the the forty five pound is tough to finesse for even Joe Rogan's of the world. Yeah, and it's even harder when it's not in the shape of a gorilla's head. That, that kind of that helps true. propel me to uh, to even greater greater gains. I I understand that, and I hate that for you. I I luckily I was you know I was surfing on it dot com this morning, and I believe the the um, the kettlebell in question is available again. Thanks. So, so d- does your does your Chrome browser auto load to onit.com as the as the default tab whenever you open it up? Yeah, some people might open to Gmail or their company website or even twitter.com, but mine onit.com cuz I might need some I might need some alpha brain. You even, never know. Even even twitter.com, Chris, who would do something like that? Uh I I honestly I don't know. You, I, I don't you, know. You would you a person like you would have no idea who would do something like that, right? I have no idea. I have you checked out put- the Twitter website or do you only look at it on your phone? You you know that I, they have it on the web as well, right? I only use it on the I try to use it only on the website. I use it on the website more than I use it on the phone. TBH. Oh shit. Damn. Mm-hmm. You're uh, get down, get down or lay down, TJ. You loser. Okay, you, your uh, your old head behavior continues to thrive even in a pandem- pandemico, pandemico well, grande. <laughs> um, well, I had a few things that I want to talk about today, TJ. I'm glad CB, we got it on the docket. CB's coming in with a motherfucking agenda, and we're starting off with Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> because I, for because, one second I thought I was in trouble, but now I realize it is in fact worse. I would rather you have a bone to pick with me than a uh, you know than to hear your praises of of the failing <laughs> Emily in Paris program. I just can't believe. I just think it's insane how people intellectual intellectualize something that is meant to be stupid. That it's it's you know what I mean. I think it's like mm. of course. Of course it's stupid. Of course it's not realistic. It's a television show, guys. Like, what do you think it's going to be? Yeah, but, you know, you, the way you're talking about it is a little bit, you know, like how somebody might talk about WWF wrestling, for example, of like, you know, of course it's fake. That's why we like it. You know, it's we're in on the joke and everything like that. But there are a lot of differences because I don't I don't think that Emily in Paris is is in on the joke the way that something else might be is is the is the differentiator at play mm, i think that i think that emily in paris is trying to be a good cool show and then it you know it ends up doing you know the exact opposite of that being a not cool bad show well if it's trying to be a cool good show for a 16 year old then it's probably succeeding 
for a 40 year old like british vogue columnist it's like of course <laughs> this isn't for, like this isn't for you i just like i held off on watching it for a while because i didn't care and then mm. I was like, oh, you know, let me try it. And then I watched four or five episodes before bed last night in a, in a, in a, like, okay. I felt like a, an addict, bro. I couldn't put well, it down. I'm, I'm glad that our guest today is a, is a professional in the world of, of film and television content. So I can't wait to hear, you know, him weigh in on this. But I was, I was talking about, uh, Emily in Paris with, with my LP just, uh, just this morning when we were walking, walking the dog through, through Glendale. And and I was like, you know, I because I, I tried to watch it with her. I was like, hey, you know, everyone on Twitter is talking about this new show, Emily in Paris. It's the same person that wrote Sex in the City. My girlfriend loves Sex in the City. Who, you know, what freak in the in, in this in this town doesn't? And I was like, you know, let, let's let's give it a shot. And I put it on for like thirty five <laughs> seconds, and she was like, nope, and and shut it off. And then I had to wait until she fell asleep in order to dig in and and I watched one and a half episodes of it and I couldn't do it but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm not out down for I'm 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 down for the count I'm still willing to give it one more shot and I don't I think I have to get the set and setting of the viewing perfect if I'm going to pull it off well you didn't even get to the point where the hot blonde comes into play so you're obviously you're not uh, yeah, going I, far I I I met the um the the perfect uh the perfectly asian pied-à-terre who teaches her how to live in paris and these french yeah. people are freaking jerks um but really this the real issue of this program is the romantic romanticization of paris as a city because it's kind of a dump tbh like i don't yeah. mind going there but like First of all, I've seen I saw the abs on Emily. Emily ain't, ain't eating a chocolate croissant every day. That's fake for TV. I Jason. don't know, but like our our boy f- chef Flynn McGarry, his breakfast every morning is eating a croissant and he, you know, he's a cut little twink, you know what I mean? Well, that's because God blessed him as a cut little twink and I don't think there's much carbs could do to to affect that. You don't you don't think God blessed E&P with with a with a a, a smanging little rig? <laughs> Did you just say ENP? You uh, fucking heard her name. Me. She's Lily Collins, the daughter of Phil Collins. So, oh really? You know, I'm sh- yeah. So I'm sure her mom is some famous model or actress. You know what I mean? So and yeah, she has to be because Phil himself, he's not exactly a, a, a spicy meatball when it when it comes to looks. You know, he's he's a he's a fine looking fella, but you know, no. But that's what happens. He's not, CJ. He's, not what, he's not raising crotches from from that's here what, from <laughs> sea to shining sea. That's what happens. Ugly dudes get rich and famous, and they're able to bed these beautiful models and actresses and create it girls. And yeah. that is truly that is the cycle of life that I pay attention to most. And that that is the formula that you need to create in order to find success when your goal is to have hot children. Because we all know through time, you know, over the years that a hottie uh, procreating with another hottie, those things cancel each other out, and you end up with a with a full freak looking child. You know. You, you get the uggo child that could do a little light modeling in their younger days, you know, when it's when it's cute and funny. But then, you know, they're not walking any runways. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, who are who are some of the, you know, because like like Schwarzenegger's kids, like you know, when like Schwarzenegger, he was like a he was like a buff, hunky guy, but he was also kind of like a ridiculous looking person when you really think about it. Like his face was like traditionally not handsome, but people wanted to fuck him because he was a big buff guy. Shriver, you know, beautiful woman, blah blah blah. The kids come out, looking delicious. 
I mean, it's true. Well, Shriver, I mean, look, that's a Kennedy bloodline, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, that that's the dream. I mean, I I I mean that doesn't that that's, that's as good as, that's as good as it gets for a recruit. So you what know. do you so what do you think I need to do? You know what what do you what what situation do I need to create in order for me to truly enjoy E and P? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I enjoy things completely raw, Bitch, uncut. Tell me. You know? I don't. I Bitch. don't know. Is not good enough. Well, you should probably hit the bong. Maybe take a shower. Maybe you know what? Shower? Actually, yeah, you de- you definitely don't shower enough. Maybe what about if you maybe set the tone and did like a Parisian theme night? See now, see that's what you know. <laughs> now you're now you're now you're using your brain. You t- you hit the you hit the bong. You have some you know fresh madeleines from the oven. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a a a, a freaky red wine. You yeah, know, I pull a baguette out of the freezer. You have on your Breton shirt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I could see I'm striped you, down to the socks. I'm not eating can, a bitch ass tartine baguette. I'm reading some. I'm eating a real <laughs> ass baguette. Not you're a fucking wearing, tech bro bag. You're dressed like Picasso. Maybe you get. Maybe you get a cheeky like you know Stussy makes a beret. You know you could get like a a streetwear beret. I'm gonna have to borrow just, one of Bay's Hermes berets. Yeah, that could be cool for you. And then I think you just you plop down on the fucking couch and you know. Tune in, bro. What about the what about the whole vibe on the show where there where she just kind of quietly goes from having thirty followers on Instagram and then she posts three pictures of her like mm, croissant yummy and then now she has four thousand followers and she's like well, a social gets, media phenomenon. What what's up with that? I, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of this, but there's there's more nuance to that and it doesn't just grow completely overnight. There there's a there's an event, I don't want to give it away. There's an event that happens where she gets retweeted by a um oh. a prominent person. Um, <laughs> not not unlike Jason wow. yesterday, yesterday where Jason got tagged in a story by superstar DJ and our boss Diplo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen Chris jealous a lot of different times <laughs> in my life. Never <laughs> Have I seen Chris more uh, more curmudgeonly and butthurt after learning <laughs> that uh, that Diplo did not include Chris on the stories? Poor fella. I mean, it's okay. I just wish the, the the revisionist history of that serve being in was not implied because the serve was in fact out mm. and done for the cameras. Which I'm happy to Hollywood shit when when you know Diplo shows up with the red camera. We do what we're asked, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I just want, I just want that to be clear um, that, that that serve was not in, but it did look nice for the cameras, and that's what Hollywood's all about. Who, who won? We, we played. We, I think we played what seven sets yesterday. Do you remember what the uh, the final was? It was that was that a five to two? Is that where we shook no, out at? It was four three actually. It was four three. Okay, that's yeah. good. I was nipping at your little size seventeen heels, bitch. Yeah, yeah. For but look, for Chris our is, listeners, a tennis update. Chris, Chris's <sighs> tennis game. He's he's going from a tennis boy to a tennis man very quickly. <laughs> I'm gonna have well, to start practicing uh, practicing my serves, uh, you know, on on our off days and 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 really, you know, watching the tail of the tape and and doing some more video research because we we are months away. Maybe maybe days away from Chris being you know of an opponent that's worth playing. 
Oh, wow. Thank you for those kind words from above, King. Uh, well, the, you know, I, I was suffering a setback on my, on my right ankle, which I think with my steady state cardio that I've been doing, high incline on the treadmill with a nice walking pace to get my mm-hmm. rehab on, mm-hmm. um, you know, I believe I'm coming back. And Jason, honestly, I'm scared for you because if Chris has his athleticism, you have mm-hmm. nothing. You know, so because the way you move around the court is is it's not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But I you get do, it done. You get it I done. Do I, but I so so you're saying the only reason why I keep beating you every single game over and over again is because of your injury, and that's the only reason. Not yes, because I, that's not a, because <laughs> I am good enough at tennis to beat you. No, no, that okay. exactly. It's 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 my unforced <laughs> errors and injury. It has nothing to do with you. Could be anybody. It doesn't matter. You're just you're replaceable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a, a cement wall would 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 exactly. yield a similar score. Exactly. That's so, what, that is exactly okay, what I'm then saying. Then my next question for you: Now that you are, you know, how 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 long, you know, how long until until that ankle, you know, let's say. No, nothing else bad happens to you. Your healing continues on this same pace. How many more days or weeks or months do I have until until party's over for for Big TJ and and you start really cleaning cleaning me up? I would say I would say two weeks. I would say two weeks. So I okay. would I would go ahead I would go ahead and call your lawyer and get your last rights you know in order get, get, get your, my affairs get your will in order. Done. Okay. Exactly. So uh, so then okay we'll we'll do this in two weeks. That's when we can start um, playing tennis where we do real serves. What do you say? Okay, that's fine. Okay, great. I've great, never heard, I've never heard of better. Okay, that's fine in my entire well, life. That because it is fine. Wow, the mud. Um, mm. Well, I, I love talking about tennis and how ugly you look while playing it. But we do have a guest today. Um, Wes liked it. Our, but yeah, go ahead. Wes did like it, but you know who knows what Wes is into. He's a freak. Um, we have we have we have uh, our friend Sean Finnessy, who's the head of content at the at the Ringer. He also is the host of the very popular podcast, The Big Picture, um, which talks about you know they talk about movies that they love to rewatch. Um, but it's not, but not, it's not the rewatchables. No, that's a different podcast. Which is a different has- Ringer podcast where they talk about movies they like to watch. Damn, they have a lot of podcasts over there, huh? Yeah, the Ringer be ringing them pods out, and you know, we- good for them. Well, they have a studio and stuff. You know what I mean. Let me. Let, we'll talk to him about it. Let's give him a buzz. Okay. Damn. It is. You know what, Jason? Let me just say, it's a pleasure to be fucking talking to an elite podcaster once again. <laughs> it's it's been at, too long. We've been talking to these damn scrubs. They we, scrubs. We, yeah, we get on the Facetime call with them, and they have they have two soup cans tied together with a string as their <laughs> as their fucking microphone. It's bullshit. It's, it's honestly, it's disrespectful to us and the art form of podcasting. So it's it's nice to see a guy with a mic boomed into the screen. He's got his AirPod Pros in. You know what I mean? It's a, a yeah, nice Sean, book. Sean, sh- you you like to hit the mic from the side, which I've which I've noticed is a trend uh, that I've seen lately. You know, on podcasters because you got to get the audio and you got to get the facio in it. So, um, you know, when did you become a side side saddle rider? You know. Ever since I started moisturizing and I felt like I could really <laughs> show the brightness on screen, that I feel like sense. I needed to get the needed to get the pop filter out of my face. So uh-huh. I'm a side guy now, and I've been told many times by my producer that this is a big mistake because uh, <laughs> the audio sounds like shit. But I'm looking good, so I feel good about it. Okay, that's, that's all that I, really matters in the yeah. uh, in the visual medium of podcasting, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. 
Well, I have a lot of technical difficulties on this podcast because I'm not really proficient in the technical arts. Um, I'm more of like a creative off the head guy. Jason's more of the nuts and bolts chords guy. Um, chords. So you know, fuck you. but but I, I know with your with your operation, you have a full squad. So you just send them a file and it's good to go, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Walk me through your squad management um, <laughs> procedures. Um, well, we have many talented producers at The Ringer, and I feel very grateful to be working with them. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't edit my own show because I don't have those technical skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's, you know, I think that everybody brings something different to the table, you know, and I think we need to recognize who's good at what. And, and, and a lot of us, we're trying to do too much, you know, and I think yeah. what, I, what I've learned from my corporate coach um, is that, you know, you only should do what you're good at. So tell me more about what you're good at. <laughs> well, Sean, when this it comes- is the exact type of thing that I'm into <laughs> as a podcaster. So I gotta say, when you when you ask that start. question, when you ask that question, Sean, do you mean do you mean professionally or or with this podcast in particular? I mean, stunt for me, you know, whatever you need to speak I on. I think Sean know, and I would kind of like to hear about Chris. I, I believe that Chris, I'll get him started off with a softball. He's a he's what we call a, a closer, and when it comes to business <laughs> development. What That's he can right. do is he can get in there with his silver tongue and get people to sign on the dotted line even when they don't really want to or don't even like him. Wow. That's so you're like, a, you're like a boss tweed type. Yes, exactly. Yes, thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said yeah, about they, me. They'll give uh, him money just so he won't talk to them anymore. Yeah. Which is, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the bag, as they say. That's true. <laughs> I, I don't, other than that, I'm not really totally sure. My trainer tells me I'm willing to suffer. Which I feel like physically, physically, when I'm exercising, he tells me I'm willing to suffer, which is is taking me far. Um, so that feels pretty good and authentic to me. And other other than that, Twitter. So that's about all I have to offer, really. Those okay. that's the that's the Chris trifecta. Um, can, can one still be good at Twitter in 2020? Damn. You know, that's honestly a deep question, and I am proof that you can. Um, you know, and I, I, I <laughs> no, I mean, I think that it's pretty torched out there right now as far as like people just being so earnest or I hate earnestness. That's my least favorite quality in people, especially on the Internet. Um, it, it, Twitter to me is for the, the, the discussion of ideas and roasting only. There should be no, uh, you know, earnestness is it doesn't have a place there. Um but I think that I mean I wait. It's the thing I like the most on the World Wide Web, you know. So I, I feel like maybe I'm giving it a lot. So therefore, it gives a lot back to me. Mm. Wow, mm. that's what Jason, makes do you agree your with that? Grow. Uh, I th- I think I might agree with it. I mean, I don't really. I, I I'm I'm very much into Instagram as well as Twitter. But I don't know. I, I think I find myself spending more time on Twitter. And I might get a little bit more out of it, whereas like the the visual medium has kind of died off for me. I'm not looking for women to have sex with on Instagram anymore, so that was a big, you know, a big kind of mm. knock in the wrong direction. Uh, but you know, I, I can find I, can, I get more laughs, more memes, more intelligent conversation out of Twitter, and then Instagram is is kind of like a job to me now. I open it up. I have so many DMs that it's just like, ugh, I can't deal with this right now. And people are like, "Hey, man, cool shirt. Where'd you get it?" And you're like, ugh, ugh. "I can't. <laughs> you I, guys, I, I can't you, be bothered." You guys are burdened by greatness. It's unbelievable. You're like Orson <laughs> Welles. Well, well, yeah, you get it, Sean. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that you you. I mean, you know, you're spending a lot of time on the World Wide Web, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Correct? Uh, yeah. I I I you're use an Instagram them. I mean, nut. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I'm a nut. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've I've I've, I've taken a very specific tact in the last year or so, which is that I'm all about narrow casting. I'm like, mm. where can I find the people? That are not necessarily my people, but want to be a part of what I'm a part of. Which is to say, mm. do you own a lot of Blu-rays and you want to talk about how that's cool? <laughs> I'm your man. Like that's my wow. shit. So I'll you're so so she's a letterbox girl. Is that what you're saying? A, a, precisely, mm. precisely. Can you can you explain can you explain what letterbox is? This is something I hear thrown around a lot. Are is you are you verified deep... on letterbox? By the way, sorry for. I, I don't think they do that. I don't think that they verify. <laughs> okay, well I then think we can I bring move a on certain to the amount next... of clout to the table. Let's move but on I don't to think the that next they formally verify. It's kind of a moot point. Uh, you want me to explain the service? <laughs> yeah, please. I, I honestly, because is it just a DVD rental service, or excuse me, Blu-ray, or is there more? You it's know. not a rental service. It's, <laughs> there's no renting. It is. It is literally just uh, a place where you can log and review movies. So you can say, "Last night I watched Silver Bullet, an adaptation of a Stephen King novel that came out in 1985, starring okay. Corey Haim." I searched for. We're Silver familiar Bullet. with the title, Sean. It's a great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a. It's a. One, do you, can you name the original story's name? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> That would have been that would have been fire if you could. Have <laughs> I think it's like cycle of the werewolf or something. Anyway, know, okay. um, basically, you you look up Silver Bullet. You're like, I just watched that joint. I'm gonna log it in my diary. The world is gonna see that I just watched it. At least the world that is following me. Come mm-hmm. follow me on Letterbox, please. And <laughs> and then you can look at the reviews that other people have logged. You can look at the rating they've given it, one through five stars. You can see if people have it on their watch list, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically movie nerd. Twitter circa 2010 when stuff was still good. Mm-hmm. So you so you're able to form a community. You can find like-minded individuals based purely on their thoughts and words and reviews of other films. Correct. You just and, nailed it. And uh, I'm assuming people, you know, I, I, people would always say like, oh, you can use Instagram to meet people, and you can use Twitter as a dating app, whatever. And, and people are like, oh, I can't. You know, the the ultimate is to you know, find your life partner on on the Venmo comments or something like that. Do you think people? Do you think people have become couples and and married each other from just letterbox interactions? If they have, I think that's very sad. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I I wouldn't be shocked. And I honestly I'm love say it. yes. I'm going to say I yes. love love. So, I mean, imagine you know if if you really prioritize that you know the Criterion collections you know with with a life partner and you find somebody who you are perfectly in sync with on on so many films and then you find out that they're a goddamn baddie yeah i mean that that'll that that's Ooh. marriage material right you put there. a ring on it R- ring part two <laughs> I, i'll just say as a married man i've never gone letterbox cruising and i don't intend to go letterbox <laughs> cruising but but hey you know mm-hmm. different strokes different strokes this is something i think somebody should explore in a long form article for a major publication yeah we're that, i mean that- we're a little too old for this you know i think the future generation you know maybe our maybe our grandchildren will will be doing that but but speaking of subscription services i know that you are still using the netflix dvd mailing service is that correct facts these are facts yes Chris, i love wow. Chris, what are your red envelopes on that? i mean look i love old media so i support it i you know 
and I hate to admit this to a true film buff, but you know, I've got a lot of holes in my in my in my purview when it comes to the, the films. You know, I haven't what's seen on, a lot. What's on your hit list? What do you think? You, it's shameful that you haven't seen. Literally, I haven't seen anything, dude. I've seen like twenty five movies, maybe that are classics. I haven't seen. I just don't. It just I didn't do it when I was growing up, and now it's very hard for me to sit still for that long unless I'm in a theat- theatrical experience. What about Avengers Endgame? Have you seen that? I hate superheroes. I hate cartoons. <laughs> I hate anything fantasy. I hate horror. Um, I basically want like Noah Baumbach movies only, like that kind of vibe. Uh, and, I can feel that. I, and I, com- I love coming Noah of Baumbach age. Movies. I love coming of age. That always gets me choked up. You just said you hate earnestness on the timeline. Mm. On the timeline, not in a film. Two very different categories. Wow. Interesting. Okay. If so you put if you're on, safe if you... and protected and not public, you're willing to cry. Exactly. If I'm on a plane and school ties happens to be streaming, I might also stream some tears down my little puffy cheeks. Jason, what's your preferred genre of movie? Romantic comedy or documentary. (laughs) Okay. That's very basic, bro. Um, Okay. That is true. Do you want me to be more specific? Yes. I'd love that. Romantic comedies with hot people in it, with some British people in it. Um... I, and then documentaries that will eventually make me cry. I think I think the main reason mm. why I watch movies is to have like an emotional dopamine release where I get I get to cry in. So you're vibing on like Richard Curtis movies and gosh, what's a what's a documentary that makes you cry? No, no, no. He's he's no, you're giving him too much credit. He literally is talking about the assistant, the Anne Hathaway movie. That's called the oh, intern, Chris. The intern. The intern. I'm sorry. Sorry about my Which friend it? Sean. But I, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, my fave, I used to really like dark comedies, like uh, like the Cable Guy and stuff like that. Oh sure. I was I was a I was a I was a dark comedy boy earlier, and now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That the Cable Guy is considered a dark comedy by you or by the the world. The the world. Sean. Um, I would say it's a it's a it's a dark comedy relative to where jim carrey was at at that time but maybe not in the true it's not like dr strange love it's about That's a a, i was guy. about to you say know, I, was about, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say it that seems like a big caveat there to to tie that to tether that to okay Carrie's if you, if you look at the arc. cable guy on wikipedia it says the cable guy is a 1996 american black comedy film directed by ben stiller so it's not even a dark comedy it is in fact a black comedy the darkest of comedies and wow. I, I'm glad we have a pro here, Sean. What is the difference between a dark comedy and a black comedy? And be careful with your answer. Um, <laughs> because my favorite black comedy is Martin, um, as well as the <laughs> Kings of Comedy. Part one. I knew that was coming. As well as the Queens of Comedy. Don't sleep on my ladies. <laughs> I, I was not, um, not shared these materials before the podcast, so I come <laughs> prepared. Um, you can, would, you uh, li- would you like me to actually define black comedy? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Well, I think it's there's something in the tone, right? That there's a there's a, a depth, a a a an unflinching darkness in the tone that is also absurdly funny, mm. um, and that that doesn't speak to the the black American experience like the films you're talking about. Those are completely different. Mm-hmm. We don't delineate in that way. Okay. Um, but so this uh, is something that you know could make light of of you know like ba- bad things in life like disease and death and and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and like cable, you know, it's like ca- like getting cable, 
Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Sean, it sounds three. like you may you might not even have seen the cable guy. No, no, no. I have. I've seen the cable guy many times. That's the one where he says smoking, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> no? no, 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 no. The cable guy no. is where they go to medieval times. Mm, that's right. I remember that. And he, he does the Silence of the Lambs bit, right? He drops the meat on his face. That's right. Hello, Clarice. It's, it's so good to see you again. And uh, <laughs> it's good God. shit. Uh, yeah, it's I'm, good stuff. I'm. Is this is this when I quit my own podcast? Finally, <laughs> I I didn't know I didn't know this was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. But you guys are pushing me in a direction that I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, did you guys did you guys know that the the cable guy is one of the most important comedies made in the last thirty years? Yes, I did, Sean. And I please, I, please expand on that. Um, <laughs> the cable guy was it was a flop. It was considered a flop, even though it made a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. But it was produced by Judd Apatow, mm-hmm. who uh, ah. you may be familiar with now. But at the time. He this, was a this relatively is forty unknown writer and producer. Yes, pre this is forty pre knocked up pre all that shit. Mm-hmm. And when the movie failed, it set him off on a new course to become a writer and director and have more control over the fate of his work. And we probably wouldn't have that whole run of aughts comedies mm-hmm. without the cable guy's failure. Jason's fandom notwithstanding. You're welcome. Wow, that's actually cool knowledge. I didn't know that uh, at all. Um, but cool knowledge. That's what I'm about. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I'm full of cool knowledge, bro. So, um, so whenever I'm on a uh, on a bad Zoom meeting or a call, there's always you know a white guy with a white bookshelf behind him with a collection <laughs> or a collection of cool toys, gadgets, and pieces of art, and you have many many box sets of Blu-rays, DVDs behind you. What what's that collection hitting for right now? How many units do we hold? Um, I've been asked this before because this is my office setup, and um, I'm I'm, I refuse to answer that question. I refuse. So, to you, are you familiar with the are you are you familiar with the YouTube trend from about a year ago where a a British kid would ask people how much their outfit cost and they would break down each piece of clothing? <laughs> are you familiar with that? It was really good, and then he did one with Drake, and Drake broke the record obviously because he was wearing one, including his his timepiece. He had over one million dollars on his body at once. That doesn't count. wow. So Chris, are you I, wearing north of a million right now? I'm unfortunately well south of a million because I don't like watches. I find them restricting. Um, so <laughs> I wait, 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 wait. Before you go any further, <laughs> when you say that, do you mean restricting because you find time to be a restricting construct <laughs> or because question. you don't well. like how it fits on the wrist? Guys, honestly, it's both. Um, mm. I'm a very active person. I find the weight of the Richard Milley and the and the AP bust down to be too heavy. Um, so I keep the collection in the safe at my parents' house. It just seems just so. Chris, just in you case. haven't even considered a plain Jane. I mean, because without all the uh, additional adornments, they will weigh a little bit less and I only be less I, constricting. I, I, Unfortunately, I only get my timepieces from um, Icebox, a store in the Ad- Atlanta, and and they don't. Icebox I don't made think, it. I don't think they really understand the concept of plain Jane. I think they think of that as like mm-hmm. a lyrical device, but not an actual application to the timepiece, you know, stratosphere. That makes sense. Okay, that's fine. 
but I, I don't, you know, so I guess that is what you should prepare for, Sean, is we need, we, it would be cool if you took every DVD off the shelf, excuse me, Blu-ray, no disrespect, if you took every Blu-ray off the shelf and just told us how much it costs, we'll, we'll do it at a later date. We'll have, because we'll, we'll send our camera crew and stuff to really capture this moment. Obviously, but, the, yeah, yeah, the value of, of DVDs and uh, fine timepieces are pretty much in line with, uh, you know, as well as a good investment in your future, I'm assuming, right? The, the value only increases with time. I just think of this as like my wealth porn, you know, like this is really like my own lifestyles of the rich and famous circumstance. You know, I got my West Wing box set up here just shining. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got uh, Elia Kazan, the collected films. Um, this is all north of a milli here. I'm very proud of it. Can I ask you, can I ask you, where is the best place to get Blu-rays on the cheap? <laughs> um, I mean, and, and he means cheap, Sean. <laughs> um I don't know what you mean by that. This podcast <laughs> does not make a ton of money, is what we're saying. I'm saying, I'm <laughs> saying, have you, have you ever bought? And you could be honest with us. This is this is a safe space. Have you ever bought DVDs that might have fallen off a truck, mm. or do you think all of these are purchased legally? Next question. <laughs> is this being recorded? <laughs> um, well, he's a, he, no, no, he works no. in the media. All my shit's so above board. Everything's above board, guys. No, he's a well, he's I, a screener guy, though. He works in he works in the media, so that's I mean, a good point. But gone are the days where you would receive the physical copyright. It's all a, a link to the net to the net where you you know it's a good point. However, we're in a moment right now where movies are, if not totally dead, dying, and so all of my movie centric content making is mostly about stuff that came out 5 10 20 50 years ago so i'm just i'm continually building the archives mm. i am an archivist i'm a librarian at this point sounds wow, like that's cool and music yeah i only like old music too but only from like the 80s and 90s when bands were popular you know what i mean where are you from sean <laughs> i am from long island new york Oh, interesting! A little town so, called Huntington Station. Which, were you um, into? Were you into like Head Automatica? Uh, I don't know what that is. Okay, good answer. <laughs> um, I uh, I I just wanted to. I just, I just wanted to know because Long Island had a very a very popular hardcore and punk scene. You know what they I mean? They did. So, they did. I had. I actually had several friends in high school who were very into that scene, but I was not into that scene. I was because you because you were at home in the basement watching movies alone. Um. Yes. Yes. That's pretty much it. No, no I was I was a uh, I was a, an aspirant rap kid at that time. But um I'm yeah, sorry. I, I'm sorry, you were a what kind of rap? Aspirant rap kid. Aspirant. You know, I was, I, I was oh. aspiring to be a serious aspiring. rap fan. I'm sorry. I thought you were naming like a Def Juck style label <laughs> there that I wasn't familiar with. I apologize. So you you were aspiring to be a fan, not aspiring to be a rapper. Correct. Never, never wanted to be a rapper. Okay. Have you, so have there, you seen me? Have you heard that's me speak? Just, that's just how white you are. Actually, yes. I think I, I think you have a pretty nice speaking voice. I would love to hear a few bars if you have any. Oh, why? Thank you. Yeah. Um. As soon as we stop recording, I'll uh, okay. send you a voice memo. Perfect. Are you still, yeah, are you still I, listening to rap music, or has that? Yeah, I am. Okay. My my relationship has changed a lot though because uh, I'm old now. But mm-hmm. um, I I am still paying close attention and trying to understand why i feel connected to it and the truth is i don't know are you guys still listening to rap music do you listen to rap music i know chris there's not that many bands in rap these days <laughs> uh well don't discount brock hampton like that okay not on this That's podcast oh, um, of a collective are they not i would i i think yes well i some would say a movement but collective <laughs> is fine um, would you say that i wouldn't some would uh okay. i think that um 
I listen to new rap music to keep up, I think, because I feel like my job is to keep up with everything, um, except movies, obviously. But I What think job that, is that? Um, being a podcaster uh, and also a, a person who considers himself to be on the, the pulse of happenings um, culturally. He knows a little um, bit about a lot of stuff. I don't care about sports, and I don't really care about movies. Those are my two blind spots. Uh, those are the two things I do for a living, so that's tough. Fascinating <laughs> that's, that I'm on this show. That's why we brought you on this show, because I'm trying to understand sports. You know what I mean? Like, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what is up with sports? I've, I've been hearing a lot about this stuff lately, and some of them are getting to be pretty big. Um, what, yeah, what sports are you playing nowadays? Uh, thank you for the question, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> I, sports is a tremendous activity to partake Many in. Many people are saying sports, and <laughs> I would like to hear about these sports. They're, they're coming at us in all different forms. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're, uh, they're a thing. They're a thing. They're a thing that get, that get people through the day. Um, I am grateful to have been working in a job in the media in which I'm not covering something like politics, in which I get yeah. to cover sports and movies. And that's been the focus of my career for the last 10 years. Sports are in a really weird spot, though, guys. I don't know if you've been following what's going on during the pandemic, but um, they're all, they were all happening at once and yeah. in complicated ways. Some people have contracted COVID because they're traveling to go play sports. Some people have not because they've been playing in a bubble. And uh, some of it has been successful and some of it is not. But fewer people than ever are watching sports. I don't know if you know about the rating situation right now. It's not looking good. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I do. I, I was not kidding earlier, but I did follow the NBA bubble. And I read a great story in the New York Times Magazine a couple weeks ago about it. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he went and did the whole thing. And the fact that those guys, of all the athletes, did not break the bubble except for a homeboy to go to the strip club is wildly yes. wildly impressive and shocking to me that because NBA players are known to be out of control, um, and I'm I'm impressed that they respected COVID nineteen. They're known to be out of control. <laughs> known by whom? When it comes to the ladies, bro, come on, NBA players are dogs. <laughs> they they, they uh, are dogs. Can't co-sign any of that. Um, I'm not. I'm not asking you. I don't even need you to co-sign because I know it to be true. But I'm saying the bubble that it worked for any honestly for any sports league with people that are rich and famous and not used to being told so, what to so do maybe is, Chris, is impressive. Maybe maybe Chris, your angle is people who you you're surprised that there were no COVID outbreaks just based on the clothing decisions that these 19-year-old billionaires are making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I thought you actually contracted COVID when you wore full Amiri in the tunnel. But I guess that's I guess that's actually not true. Um but what I'm saying is I I do think why do you think the NBA, why do you think the NBA was able to achieve this when when Major League Baseball and the NFL have had such a difficult time? Cuz the ball guy is awesome. The commish Adam oh. Silver is definitely a factor. He's a very good commissioner relative to the other terrible commissioners in other sports. Mm. Meaning uh, he's like respected by the, like, the player. He's like Adam Silver's actually respected by the players. Yeah, I think it's not just that he's respected. <laughs> I think I think it's that they are um they have a much more clear sense of how to communicate with each other. There's 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 mm. not as much labor strife in that sport as there is in other sports yeah. right now. Mm. And also, I mean, they just they did the bubble. No other sport is doing the bubble. That's yeah, the that's thing. true. That's, that's the true. number one reason. They just didn't setting aside the one dude who went to the strip club, as you pointed out. Um, 
you know, they they shut it down. They didn't let anybody in or out except for families. And that was that was actually really, really smart. And unfortunately, the league lost a lot of money because they couldn't have fans in the stands. And that is a big part of the revenue of the sport. Mm. But from a pure like from a content perspective, let's keep it very real from a content perspective. I thought it was great. The games were really good. The te- the televised aspect of it worked really well. It was not too many games in one night. Um, mm-hmm. We got a LeBron James finals. Like, if you care about basketball, it was actually a good time for basketball. I just think the problem is, is there were like nine sports happening at once: baseball, hockey, football, soccer were all happening at the same time. And, and they really were happened all, before. and they were all somehow like the finals all at the same time as well. Exactly. All the postseason because everything was so fucked up this year. So, you know, it's a complicated time. Um, I think all I think in sports, all sports did a good job, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with the NFL, though. Things are kind of wild right now. They're in this Jenga tower of if they keep moving games, then stuff might be irreversible. So we'll see. What do you mm. think about what do you think about everybody just getting COVID and then they're playing and it's fine and America gets what they want? <laughs> You're, so you're pro herd immunity. You're um, what have else? You ever heard, uh, Sean, have you ever heard a little guy named Donald J. Trump? <coughs> so Chris, Chris is what we call positive positive. He <laughs> he wants <laughs> you know he wants he wants the NFL to be a pause party. Um, no, I'm ki- uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Can't I'm, we can't catch it if we all already got it. Is what Chris is is kind of that's that is is it that is a jo- that is a joke. I'm kidding, but I do think that the the NFL um, is historically corrupt and like not, you know, the the owners and the just the, the, and the players and they can't get along. So I feel like that does that you think play a part in the, the way this is working or people are the players happy to go to work or do you think the players would prefer to be like not participating right now because of covid? Uh, I think that m- every sport has given players the option to opt out if they wanted to. And if you opt out, that means you don't get paid. But in the NFL, for example, if you opted out, your contract just rolls over to next year. One year does not come off of your deal. So you're still Mm. guaranteed that money that you were guaranteed next year. That's only for players who have contracts, though. For guys who are trying to make the team or whatnot and trying to make a living, they can't opt out. But, Mm. uh, you know, the NFL... like, Did did anybody opt out? Yeah, I mean, literally the best player on my favorite team opted out, which was not ideal. Um, But he also was like... Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, kind of. But he... um, but he's he rich already. His family. Uh, ish, ish. Rich enough to take a year off and get that money next year. Theoretically, yeah. If the NFL is still standing, who the hell knows what's going to happen with this? I mean, they're not. It's just. It's clearly not as safe because they're now into week five and there are still positive tests coming well, through, and so it's not ideal. I also, you know, I, I love the discussion around the NFL, particularly the CTE stuff. I find it really compelling because I think that like Chris loves CTE. I, no, no, no. I actually think it's really interesting because it's like, it's really, it's this weird thing that is so serious and so real, but it kind of comes down to parents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like allow, allowing their children to play. And there's always going to be parents that I think, uh, uh, you know, tie their children's skills to like this income level that they want to be a part of. You know what I mean? And might be putting, allowing their child to be put in danger from this really serious issue because they think there's a, you know, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But do you think football, though, as it's as we know it, will continue, or do you think that will actually impact the participation from football? Kids? Football is canceled, sweetie, and <laughs> impact is a great pun, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. Do you mean do you mean because of COVID or because of CTE? Because of CTE, um, I think that that was a much more aggressive 
part of the conversation around the sport five or six years ago. Um, I think it's obviously still factors into things, but yeah. for whatever reason, it has moved out of the center of the conversation. I think because most people just didn't know about it or understand it. Yeah. Um, I, I candidly before that Will Smith movie and um, yeah, yeah. all the reporting that happened in the face of that. The truth is, is that like players are still definitely getting CTE from playing football. Football is an incredibly violent, brutal game. And pe- there have been so many injuries this year because there was no preseason and there were fewer practices with contact than ever. Mm. So guys are just getting trucked right now mm. and they're tearing their ACLs and it's, it's oh. really da- dangerous and rough. However, Sean, worth in it. The, in the, Sean, in the in the in the term of your time covering sports, have you ever been hit full pads by an NFL player, like George Plimpton, participatory journalism style? Um, yes, every morning actually, <laughs> I, I enlist uh, C.J. Mosley, who is the Jets player who opted out. He comes over to my house. He he annihilates me in my driveway, and then I get to work every day just to get inspired. It's the That's only what... way Sean can climax. Yeah, I get it, and we all we all have something we're into. You know what I mean. But I, I, so you love think is it, love, guys. <laughs> that's true. So you think, Damn. and I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It was like a, it, the concept of CTE was a little hard to to comprehend. So it just kind of fell out of favor as as far as the conversation goes about the NFL and and all that ills it. Yeah, I just think that um, other things have have moved into the center of the kind of controversy zone in the sport. Like every sport has a controversy zone, right? In the NFL. For the last few years, it's essentially been much more about Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. kneeling, yeah. Black Lives Matter, and that has really t- taken center stage in terms of the conversation around the sport, much more so than CTE, which was the previous crisis. And, mm-hmm. you know, will it come back? Probably, because today's superstars are going to have CTE in 10 years, and we're going to see them on television, and they're not going to seem like they're right. But, you know, they've, like, upgraded some of the equipment, and they've changed some of the rules so that the hits can't be as severe, but it doesn't change the fact that football is football, and people like it in part because it's, like, a brutal ballet. Yeah, mm. I, that was always so interesting. The ri- I can't watch UFC because it's just, like, kind of for dum-dums to me, but, like... The rise of that proves the bloodlust that we have as people to watch that happen to anyone but ourselves. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I'm not a UFC person either. I don't really... MMA doesn't make sense to me personally. Both of you guys are fucking pussies. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) A lot of people have described this podcast as a brutal ballet, so thank you for using those words. You're welcome. Let us us get back to the world of of content for a moment. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to distract us, Jason. I apologize. No, no, no. I mean, it's fine. He he covers sports as well as content, <laughs> so it's it's only fair. But I, um, you know, you 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 devote a good portion of your of your life and and your brain towards the consumption of film and television, and, and I assume you subscribe to all the streaming platforms for the most part. I do. I um, do. Yes. You know, if you were able, let's say, like, hey, this guy knows all about this shit, and you know, a venture capitalist said, like, let's start a new media platform. We want, we want you to have your own Quibi, for example. What would you do and not do if you if you had kind of carte blanche to do whatever you wanted? Well, it sounds like if I want to have my own Quibi, I can go out and cop that right now. <laughs> that, right? I think Qu- Quibi look, is on the market. I just I, I chose Quibi it. as an example because it is a sh- it is a recurring theme on this pod. But you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, <laughs> I I would say uh, don't do that. Don't do what you're suggesting. I I think um, it's actually too competitive at the moment, and this is not the right time to try to enter the ring and and have your own space because. Mm. The the name of the game now 
is IP and all of the major players have their IP and the cultural awareness of the IP is so strong that they are building everything around those concepts. And you guys may have seen Disney made an announcement yesterday about shifting their strategy almost entirely to streaming. And that means well, that I did not see that. That seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah, they well they reorganized their entire executive class under Bob Chapek, the CEO. And how is Bob? I uh, <laughs> can't say I know the man. Okay. And um, you know, it was a fairly like whatever blah corporate announcement. But I think mm-hmm. most people who cover hashtag content understood it to be a pretty radical change mm-hmm. to indicate that most of their original content going forward, especially in the next couple of years once they've cleared the decks, is going straight to Disney Plus. So. You know, you got to deal with Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and so, so Apple TV Plus. So, th- so and they're blah, blah, blah. they're betting on the fact that that theatrical releases won't be coming back anytime in the next three years or something like that. I I think it's a two pronged thing. I think they were going to do this regardless of whether or not COVID nineteen ever happened mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. threatened the movie theaters. I think that they were going to go in this direction no matter what because this yeah. is where the cons- the consumption is. But it makes sense. It was a pretty big deal. I mean, you know, they they announced a couple weeks ago that their new Pixar movie is going straight to Disney+. Plus. That's fucking wild. Pixar movies make $800 million in movie theaters, and they're just putting it on their service for no extra money. And that's so, not even that, counting. Whoa, so. that is fucking crazy. Everything is different now, you know, and the way that these companies are thinking about it is different. So if you gave me $10 billion to start a streaming service, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'd probably start like a bicycle company. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I like where your head's at there. I'm a fellow cyclist. Um... Yeah, I'm not. I would probably start a streaming service. So, you know what I mean? You would. So okay. what so what are the, I guess you know, what what is your is your favorite streaming service? Are you a Netflix daddy or are you an HBO goer? Um or or are, are you able to pick one? I think both of those are fine services. Mm. Um there are fine <laughs> people on both sides of those services. Uh this I, motherfucker coming in here like Switzerland with streaming services. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe the question <laughs> I'm trying to ask more is like what, you know, if you're able to form a, a, a Franken channel, you know, taking the best elements, you know, ah, removing yes. other elements from, you know, like I like this part about Netflix. I would take this part from HBO Go. I would take this one from the Lifetime channel. It's a, this is actually a really good question. Thank you for asking me this because I think don't it's do pretty, that. Don't do that. Don't guess. No, 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 no. Seriously, this is some earnestness. It's pretty weird and a little bit gross to ascribe personality to repositories for information. And that's what streaming services are, right? They're just mm. spaces where you get and are and have information taken from you. And mm-hmm. so I don't really think like HBO Go is significantly better or HBO, you know, Max is significantly better than Netflix in any way. Mm-hmm. I think that they're basically just spaces where sometimes somebody has something I like and sometimes somebody doesn't. And the personalities, we're still far, too far away from figuring out what those personalities are. I will say, if I was going to recommend something, though, straight up, if you like horror movies, you should get Shudder. Shudder mm-hmm. is the shit. That's like, that is the one service that has been micro-distilled to pure interest for people. And they're doing their best to serve an audience very directly, low stakes, modest scale, but the service works well. They have good taste. They put mm-hmm. new shit on there too. Like it's a that's a really good. If you like horror movies, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that that uh, that blueprint and model can be, uh, you know, transferred to other genres of content. Because I'm not a big horror boy, but you know, it's cool to see that, and also it makes you feel more excited to support those streaming services that are like 
focusing on that hyper niche thing that you love so much if you love yeah. horror. I think that I think versus that's right. giving your money to Netflix or something. How much is Shutter hitting for per month? I think it's five ninety nine. Oh, that's cheap too. <sighs> that was a frightfully yeah, think, low price. I think it's sixty bucks <laughs> a year or something like that. Well done. That's some really good marketing copy. Shutter, Shutter, <laughs> Shutter knows the people subscribing to a horror movie only channel don't have a lot of money. I think they know their <laughs> they know they know their audience the way that HBO knows that their audience for premium cable will pay fifteen dollars or twenty dollars a month. You know, it's just honestly, Sean, honestly, that's a part. I'm sure that's a part of the calculation is just identifying good the consumer. Yep. Yeah. Sean, I did want to talk about something a little more superficial, involving you know our listeners aren't able to see how good your hair is, but I will be getting back to that shortly. But at the top of the show, we were talking about Emily in Paris. This is a television show on Netflix. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yes, I have not watched it. I'm I'm aware it's controversial. Can you tell me about well, it? I can tell you all about it, Sean, because I, you know, uh, I held off obviously because I'm busy watching, you know, reality television on Bravo or whatever else. And I last night I caught I caught a wild, I caught a wild hair, and you know what? I fucking watched it, and I I blazed through four episodes before bedtime, and it's a fucking instant classic. <laughs> instant classic. You, <laughs> You heard, you heard right, and you can repeat it back to me. That's not going to change how I feel. I I felt the tone, Sean. I felt the tone. Don't think the tone was lost on me, Chris. You were saying that you um, have not seen many films and don't really know anything about films. So having the authority to deem a Netflix series an instant classic feels a little bit specious. Well, well, Sean, here's what here's what I didn't tell you about myself. When it when it comes to bad television, mostly geared towards women, I'm an expert, and that (laughs) is where I feel confident speaking. And I've I've been I have a PhD, and I've been working on this my whole life. Um, congratulations to you. I will say that my co-host uh, on the Big Picture podcast, the show that I host, uh, Amanda Dobbins, said she watched Emily in Paris recently and that it was, quote, for 12-year-olds. So uh, congratulations. I agree, I agree with that completely. Tell Amanda she can come get the smoke any motherfucking time on this podcast. <laughs> no, it. that's the thing about it. Amanda is right. It is, I would say, 16, but I think okay. she's correct. But the problem is, and, and you... I wonder if you'll agree with me. I think the issue is, as a culture, we are trying to intellectualize things that don't need to be intellectualized. Mm, so, like, fair. this show being Darren's... It's just candy. That's what it is. We don't need to talk about how a Hershey bar is made. We just know it tastes good. It's, it's, not, it's not interesting enough to dissect. And people are just going crazy dissecting it. And I, I just think that's the problem that we have, is that, you know, the, the recap shows and all that, it's just taking things too far. Can we talk about that a little bit? Like, I'm curious from both of your guys' perspective, as somebody who has participated in the content economy around stuff like TV shows, like, why do you think that got built up and why do you think people want to consume things this way now? Uh, I think because people only want to be around uh, people they agree with. Like, it's Mm. fun. It's fun to it's fun to create a community around something that is meaningless because at least you have the other people, you know, so it's like. We all like this show. We all love dissecting the show. It's like the reason that Facebook groups are so popular. I, th- I think it's this, maybe the same reason why you love Letterboxd so much. You know, you're, you're 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 finding a community of people based on you know something that is very you know the same reason why many people find the bonds of friendship over like a mutual love of eating pizza or 
football, like these, you know, these very entry level things. That's the, what the majority of people are consuming. And then, you know, you guys, you know, are, are a little bit cooler and you're, and you're discussing Noah Bumbach films on, on, your, on your website. So that will make you feel more superior to other people. Can we Sean, talk about the, the friendships you forged um, due to the common bonds of eating pizza? <laughs> uh, I have not, but I, you know, that was an example of, of like an entry-level personality trait where somebody who has nothing to live for <laughs> will, will be like, you like pizza too? Oh, yeah. I love pizza. Pizza Hive, baby. It's pizza gang. Let's, let's do Jason, pizza. Actually, Jason, I can think of an example from your past. Or, that, or, that, or, or, or like or, or communities of millions of people bonding over like the television show Friends or something, for example. You know, that, that level of entry level were you, content that just is, you know, bleh. Sean, were you a, were you a part of any um, internet communities? And your, Jason was a part of something called the Hollerboard, which is a famous community for mouth-breathing DJs to talk about music. And it has it has given us legends such as Them Jeans, Diplo, uh, Steve Aoki, some other EDM names you might recognize. Um, so I, you know, I think that is that is Internet 1.0, but it's the same idea. You know what I mean? The message board is seeing a comeback. I uh, I I've been on Hollerboard. I was wow. in, in 2005. I'm sure I've seen mm. your boy Them Jeans spin. Um, <laughs> I. Sean, was not Sean, I gotta act- say, you're a great guy, very cool guy, <laughs> big fan. Thanks, dude. Um, thank you, pre- thank yeah, you, no, President that was a, that, Trump. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was a solid movement in a history of movements, right? Like mm. that was that was that was cool. I didn't. No, it was. Um, I didn't have something quite like that. I guess I was a music critic in the 2000s, which is sad. And um, <laughs> I I was on some music message boards. I guess I was really into the, like the late 90s early 2000s um like hip-hop site and 360 hip-hop and those sites and the kind Mm -hmm. of like the surrounding message boards around that stuff but i mean if i look back are you are you what's happening there are you a deaf jux daddy uh or or an okay player was was more of a of a um a a raucous head really that was really where sound bombing bombing one or two (laughs) be honest uh um, I'm gonna go two. There I'm we go. go two. Now, that is you know, the correct answer. That is the correct. Know, answer. They lured me in with Eminem, and then and then mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole I went. What was your uh, graffiti name when you wrote? Uh, <laughs> never, never a tagger. Got no tags wow. to my name. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, I, so you don't you don't respect the elements of hip hop? Then that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, respect them. I don't participate in all of them. A rare I chink in your ar- otherwise perfect armor. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, mess, I do. I do miss the um, the safety and the frivolousness of those kinds of message boards. I, it's funny you mentioned Chris. Mm, I think you safety. mentioned Facebook Facebook groups. Yeah. Like Facebook groups to me are um, that's what's wrong with this country. That's what's mm. wrong with uh, with people. That's what's wrong with society. Um, it's just wow. people on Facebook yelling at each other all the time. Come, about, come, come for me, Sean. Come for me. Do you, did, yeah, do you, it, did you start the Emily in Paris Facebook group yet? <laughs> I I have submitted my application to be a participant. I did not start it, but I only know about this from a lot of podcasts have big Facebook groups where like the fans talk about things, um, which is I feel like it's similar to Reddit or fucking, you know, like 
Discord or whatever these nerds are using. It's the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris is but better I, than that. I'm better than that. But I, I do love Facebook for the reasons that you're describing. It's like sitting in an airport. You know what I mean? It's just like all Ugh. humanity all humanity is going to pass you by. And to me, for a coastal elite like myself, Sean, maybe you can relate. Sometimes it's nice <laughs> to get down the mud with these regular folks and see what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is magnanimous of you, you know, to just extend a hand to the, exactly. to the sodded masses and say, exactly, jo- join me in this internet discourse. Sometimes I forget that Chris is a Facebook power user. And I don't, I don't a, participate. It's a tag to have on your name. I like it's to really, look. It's a disgusting act. There's no other way to describe it. I'm I, a window like shopper, boys. I like to the look. Same- is his defense. <laughs> the same way I stroll down Rodeo and look in the windows, peer into Dior, peer into Gucci, see what Lueve has. That's mm-hmm. what I do on Facebook. Like, oh, my aunt has gotten fatter. Oh, like this person from high school has four kids. Oh, this person is a Trump supporter. You know, that, it's fine. But that, that doesn't make your life or your brain a better place, Chris. That, that helps no, but nothing. It, but it reminds me that that exists in a real way, not in a, in a far, far off television way. Right. But there- you're a content peeping Tom, is what you're saying. Ex- exactly, exactly. And and I will continue to peep, um, <laughs> because it's 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 not something I do. Unfortunately, my peeping has 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 it, it's slowed down um, because I'm just mm. too active with this. With, I mean, we're doing three podcasts a week. You know how it is, Sean. Um, oh so, yeah, you know, it's a grind. This is this is arduous labor we're doing right yeah, here. Yeah, m- much many- like much like the the career of an NFL player. You know, one can only peep for so many years before yeah, right. uh, before the CTE <laughs> begins trickling, exactly. trickling in. Well, but, well, people are considering also that you know, obviously, game day for us is three times a week, but there's practices, there's training, there's nutrition, like all mm-hmm. this stuff goes into it. You Two know days, I mean? f- three days, things like that. Exactly. Talk us through that. What goes into the training for this podcast? Um. Well. We start? Well, it, I mean, it first starts with a with a cold brew coffee. <laughs> That's, uh, that's that's brewed just seconds before the, the podcast begins. And then, um, you know, I make a note of about four different subjects to talk about. We cover none of them. And we just kind of digress and make fun of each other about how bad we are at playing tennis. And then, wouldn't you know it, an hour has gone by. Yeah, it's who, not really... We don't put in as much, you know, we don't have the production team in this, the glamorous studios, hair and makeup, you know, the stuff that, the stuff that you guys have over there, um, yeah, hey, your little of, podcasting not, not empire. has the same level of improv, improvisational chops that, that UCB Black is able to pull <laughs> off. Yeah, um, you can't spell UCB without CB. Damn. Wow. Really makes you think. But and the guy but loves we, improv. We, I hate improv. Lives I hate it. comedy. But we, what what we do is we set up, you know, we set up um, a guest and then we talk to him, man. That's really what goes into it. (laughs) Jason does a little more, a little more pre-work than yours truly, but that's the, you know, and you probably understand this as well. I don't know what the division of labor is on your show, but there's kind of talent, you know what I mean? Which in this case would be Mm -hmm. me. And then there's like the AV guy, which is Jason. You know, yeah, so you, Chris Chris is the emailer and I'm the uploader if we had to exactly, put a title yeah, on we, things, which I don't like to do. But yeah, Chris Chris uh Chris send the email and me hit the record. And that's, my camera, and that's Sean, my camera is front facing, if you know what I'm saying. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it you know that 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 says all it needs to say, I think. I think with that 
level of attention to detail, it's no surprise what a thriving business you guys have created. Yeah, extraordinary. We just sit back and let the direct deposit hit every month. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you know, we don't, I, I, you know, we don't panhandle. We don't use Patreon. We have started a, a new Twitch show um, that's live on Thursdays, which is our our foray into front of camera uh, content distribution. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like you've been on camera a lot, right? Um, how do you mean, like in the peeping tom sense? <laughs> oh no, sweetie. I mean, in a full on welcome to Hollywood sense. No, I a few times. I mean, I I've never been um I've never starred in anything like uh, <laughs> even 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 in so far as like a YouTube our YouTube channel. Sean, I, have you ever I'm, starred in any television shows? Uh <laughs> Emily in Paris, which is currently appearing on Netflix, which I'm really excited about. It's absolutely um, blowing do, up. You yeah. do have you do have Emily in Paris uh boyfriend hair capabilities, I will say, oh. cuz those French guys, oh. they've got beautiful heads. That's a great segue because I was listening. I was listening to your pod, and you were talking about the uh, the hair of John Mayer, and yeah. he, he, Chris yeah. Chris Black is a known fan of of JM. And you you were reading a recommendation about a hair care product, a, a Japanese what is it called? Teak. I believe it's pronounced teak. I could be wrong with that. It's T I Q U E. Teak. If uh, if we were south of the border, so this is. So this is it. I was just asking because your hair is magnificent, and uh, oh, thank you. You know, once I hope to grow my hair back and and be on that same level. It has a. I'm trying to remember the uh, the person whose whose hair it reminds me of. You, you, it's maybe a, an early '80s country music star that's not coming to mind right now. Maybe a Randy Travis. Any, oh sure. Uh, obviously, that's a compliment. But what what exactly is Japanese teak, and and what does it do to that head of hair? Well, it's a it's a wax. It's a lavender scented <laughs> wax. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, scented! Uh, yes, and it, it smells delightful. It's a fairly mundane looking product. It's a it's a it's a roll. It's a tube essentially, mm-hmm. with that has a that has like a um. You remember those push up pops that you would get as a kid? You know, yes, like, push pops. You know, or push pops like orange creamsicle or one sure, of those joints. Sure. It it looks just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is green, mm-hmm. and. Mm. It's basically a wax that you push onto your hair to style it. And it's a very sort of simplistic object that changed the way that my head looks every day. It's a total game changer in my life. Damn. How, head, how, game. Are, are, are head you, game crazy. Yeah, your head game is dumb, dummy. How often, how many times a week, how many times a week are you waxing down those locks? Uh, is this a daily driver or is this like once a month or it's, it's more of a waxing up than a waxing down um i Fair. would say it's one, one once a day once a day okay what, are wait you, where, are did, you washing, where did you are you washing and sha- are you shampooing and conditioning once a day uh shampooing probably five times a week conditioning maybe once or twice a week okay and uh maybe maybe a blowout you know a little blow dry and, wow and then, are you, are you a dry then, bar member and then get it crispy. I'm not, alas. Okay, so you just do the one. Well, where did you buy? Where did you cop teak online or from your <laughs> local salon? Uh, I went to uh, the Teak Mart, which is just down <laughs> the corner. From, uh, no, Amazon.com, which is a website where mm-hmm. you can purchase teak. I've heard about that. Where Where do you get your hair cut? Who's your barber? Uh, for for years, I went to the establishment known as Rudy's, which is a chain of barber shops here in Los Angeles. There was a mm-hmm. lovely woman who cut my hair who liked to speak to me about HBO prestige dramas. While she did so, um, unfortunately, because of mm-hmm. COVID nineteen, that has been interrupted. So another 
nice young woman has been coming to our home, to our backyard. Love that. Cut our hair, my wife and I, which has been has been an interesting experience. What are you guys doing? You're just shaving your heads, aren't you? Yeah. I get my I get my head shaved professionally um, every two weeks on the dot. Um, but professionally that's because by I'm a, whom? By a, a fucking barber down the street. I go in. They're, this shit's nice. open, bro. We're super spreaders. We don't give a fuck. We got to get the fade tight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can't and you <laughs> I, can't get a tight. I don't know. Sean, you can't get a tight fade with one of those masks, quote unquote, masks on. Exactly. Yeah, shame exactly. on me. For, you gotta, for you not gotta rip that thing off. First. I'm yeah, tired of having my my personal freedoms attacked, so I can't get a haircut. Tell me how that ends. Not good. Were you one of the guys who was plotting to uh, kidnap Gretchen Whitmer? <laughs> no, I wasn't. He's, but I, he's he's on a short list. I'm on it. Okay. I'm in the top 100 of suspects. Um, You're just about but, liberty. That's the thing. Yeah, it's just liberty, bro. Like you get me. See, let's let's talk off mic about this. What? Um, okay. You know, before yeah, let's, ju- let's just say he, when he goes to, uh, to when he goes to visit Michigan, he's not like you. You know, going to go check out Eight Mile. He's there for more dastardly reasons. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yes. That's truly exactly. the difference between us. I'm just trying to capture culture, the heart of mm-hmm. white rap culture in Michigan, and That's you're right. you're. Uh, you're up to worse. You're up to worse. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm. I'm. I'm going for something a little bit bigger than old Slim Shady. Um, <laughs> what? What is? What is? Uh, what neighborhood do you live? Before we go, what neighborhood do you live in? Yeah, Echo Park. Are you familiar? Yeah, I'm familiar. Mm. I've been there before. There's a nice Lassen's there. Is that where you get your groceries? Yeah, I don't want to. Man, this is going to be a spicy take here. But here's the thing: Lassen's owned by a Christian family. They close on Sundays. They are anti-gay marriage. Can't support Lassen's. Just putting that. Well, out. I, wow, I think, this, I think this... they used to be anti-gay marriage, and I think they may have ironed out some of those creases. Did they? Yeah. Interesting, interesting, Sean, that you say that. As as just minutes ago, you were capping for Amazon.com, which some some would say is mm. is not a great place. I'm merely capping for the only place I know to get teak. That's what I'm putting. Oh, okay, mm. that's fair. Look, okay. as a person, so you don't, I don't, you don't I, give your 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 dollars to the failing Lassen's market. Where where are you going? Go Cookbook? Uh, just for for sustenance for food items. Well, I mean, it's like you know, your your look, your hair looks good. You know, you got the couple podcasts going. I feel like you could afford Cookbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just tell you, my wife and Cookbook have a deeper relationship than my wife and I have. Like my my wife. Fucks with cookbook marriage material right there marriage material i see why you did it she is a i mean she's a queen we can set that aside she is she is the (laughs) queen of cookbook she's in there whenever she can be she'll wait online during quarantine just to get in there and touch some avocados it's wild sounds like she's a power user she truly is she truly is she's like the the relationship i have to japanese teak she has to cookbook there's a, there's a pretty good chance that that your your wife and I have experienced a meet cute in the aisles of cookbook, you know. Of <laughs> course we no, kept it all. She's no, she's forbidden from speaking to strange men in that store. But, <laughs> but, but you may have made an effort to do so. Sean sure, Sean said care. Sean's got Sean's got her on a Mike Pence vibe. You know what I mean? So like that's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. That's, only, no, no no only when she's in grocery stores. I'm I'm I hate a meet cute. You know I'm trying to avoid that. Two you know two eyes meet. Over yeah, a right. set of melons or something. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Who said anything hey, about now. big melons? Who said anything about big melons? Come on, Sean. Um, settle down. Everybody settle down. The, Sean, the persimmons before, are almost in season. You know that. Before I, we go, before to, we go, Sean, I need to know yeah. about your preferred, uh, your number one east side coffee shop um, in Los Angeles. 
Because there's a right and a wrong answer here, King, and we're going to need you to land on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. I'm pro Woodcat. Okay. Woodcat? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm a wood, I'm a woodcat guy. What's, wood what's the problem? A little too, woodcat's a little too '90s Friends latte for me. Even though the bean <laughs> itself is pretty good, the vibe is torched. Um, there's the, I'm just there, there's a lot. I'm of, about the coffee. I don't like to hang. I'm not a hang in the shop guy. I just want I'm the not. Good I'm coffee. not either. I'm not either. The only place you, I'm you hanging is the locker room at Barry's. Than woodcat, Chris. That's true. I, I've actually, you know, interestingly been to Woodcat many times, and I I do appreciate the bean there. Mm. What's um? Do you guys have like a power rankings? What, what where should I be going? Maru's number one. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. What's number two, Jason? Proof? Uh, no. Proof, if we're, if we're talking about food only, then yes, proof. Their, their, their pastry program is second to none. But their coffee program and, unfortunately, their employees are no bueno. Um, I don't know. Maybe is, is Go Get Em Tiger number two for, for coffee quality? I would. I have to Could say, be. probably. I hate the name. Go get them is really bad, um, and it feels <laughs> stupid. But I do. I do. I do love the product. It feels uh, stupid. How do I say it? Stupid. Um, but you know, what Sean, name? What name of a coffee shop isn't bad? You know. Th- that's true. That's but, true. Uh, Unless the, it's called. The, main, the moral of the story is we just we just needed to confirm that you're not blue bottle. Exactly. No, sipper. I, I I would never. I would never. Thank you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> That's God. a bridge too far. Um. All right, Sean. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Another elite podcaster. Um. You taught us a lot of stuff about sports and movies that we didn't know, <laughs> which is rare for this podcast. Um. So tell them where they can find you online, where they can listen to your beautiful voice uh, over the airwaves. Yeah, you can find me on Netflix. I'm on a series called Emily in Paris, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. Uh, no, the name of my podcast is The Big Picture. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. It's about movies. I'm on the Rewatchable sometimes, also a movie podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. I'm also just uh, just out here on Letterboxd. You know, catch me on Letterboxd, just being a uh, king. Well, let, let them know over there at the Ringer, you know, if they need a funny podcast, that we, we are currently free agents, <laughs> and we are available, and we will put all the employees on our show for free. Um, you said a funny podcast, right? <laughs> okay, Sean, that's it. Yeah, We've had enough. Might, you know, if the ringer is looking for a, a rare male perspective, we might be able to offer <laughs> that. <for them. laughs> so good to hear from you guys. Thanks for having <laughs> me on today. It's been a pleasure, Sean. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Later, fellas. Later. Later.